0: Welcome everybody to the sixth and final episode in the ESM podcast series. We're coming to you today from Open Text Summit and once again, I, John Gilbert, will be talking to Diewoldt Duplessis and to Chris Fasaki, the co-founders of Unlimited, around ESM and specifically our topic today is learning from the uh, service management practice over the decades and how Unlimited can really uh, assist and add value. But I think to set the tone for the day, and this being the, the sixth and final episode in the series, maybe I can put it to you um, to, to kind of convey to the audience today, what is it that you'd really like to get across as a message, uh, give, provide to them as a value add, um, and what are some of what you'd really think they can get out of our session today?
1: Uh, John, um, thank you very much uh, for, for the opportunity to talk to, talk to you and, uh, and our uh, followers. Um, yeah, first of all, thank you very much for OpenText for putting up this wonderful summit. Um, you know this type of level of commitment from from the uh, OEMs on brilliant technology um, and and just giving back to, to to the industry, ensuring that the technology uh, kind of deliver on on all its promises and uh, capabilities. Um, other than that, Yao, yeah, um, uh, we're we'll coming to to end of our uh, series, and we'd like to just kind of uh, kind of. Uh, put everything together in a nice high-level perspective on where the value is in enterprise service management fantastic
0: You know, I think it's been quite uh, a long and uh, as many journeys are sometimes a tumultuous journey with highs and lows over the decades of the process of ESM And what have you seen as some of the key milestones along that journey that uh, that you can share with the audience today? Yeah, Uh, John, so if you if you look back over the years
2: so not a lot of people know that digital service management was first the first version of digital service management was back in the 80s. And back in the 80s when it started off as an idea and as a concept, you know it was really basically known as a ticketing system or a registration of calls or managing something in a bit more in a bit formalized fashion. This also creates a problem for us today. Because enterprise service management and even ITSM has evolved so much, it is not only, more, only a ticketing system. But at that, in that time, in the early 2000s, it was very focused on IT and, and driven on IT processes and understanding IT. Systems and platforms and OEMs evolved during the years from, from the early 2000s. And it, become, it became a bit more formalized, a bit more workflow driven. And that created a a unique environment for business to start taking, you know, making use of this workflows and processes and bringing some structure into the environment. The problem at that point in time, it became very code heavy. A lot of organizations, you know, to to develop something specifically for business and even for IT to bring that alignment together was was very development heavy and created a scenario where, um, organizations got stale investments, stale platforms that couldn't upgrade. It became, upgrades became heavy and expensive. And then again, service management got a bit of a bad name. And as we evolved, you know, organizations and OEMs and software vendors and, and people such as ourselves saw that this problem exists and we tried all sorts of mechanisms how to, um, how to bypass this. Come the the day of codeless environments. A lot of of the current leading OEMs are supporting no code, no code, and this has created a unique opportunity for organizations to invest in service management as well as to ensure that their investment stays resilient and and has got a roadmap going forward. This brought back the, the notion of enterprise service management because the, the maintenance or the technical debt of those platforms aren't that expensive anymore as it was in the past, we can ensure that our the systems remain vital, uh, 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 resilient, and, and, and has a roadmap. Which brings us into the day and age where we currently is, where we talk about automation, um, AI being a big player, and, and the potential impact of AI as we have gone through our previous podcast. You know, how do we personalize things to a specific environment, and this this notion of low code, the notion of artificial intelligence coming into the environment, all of these are enablers of driving that personalization, making integrations easier because integrations gives us context of that data. And that the result of that is to support the digital business, right? Making the business more relevant, in, enabling the business to make those decisions of, on, on what they are seeing happening in the operational environment, which, as DevOps always
1: says, can have an effect on the bottom line.
2: David, do you want to add something?
1: I think, um, no, uh, Chris, I think you kind of uh, nailed it there. Um, nothing really to add. I think there's a fair amount still to get through. Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, I think this will come out in the wash. Sure. Yeah, it's only, you know, it does sound like it's been a long journey from an IT perspective,
0: certainly uh, from a long time. And you've seen a lot of changes over those those decades and, and over the years. And I think, you know, as is often the case, particularly when you're pri- pioneering something, um, and embarking on a new journey, they're inevitable pitfalls. There so are going to be mistakes that are made along the way. And what are some of those learnings that you think that organizations that might be early on in their uh, journey and or looking just to enhance their current environment can take from other organizations that you've seen embarking on this, who've walked the road before? Um, and how can we assist them so that they don't fall into those same pitfalls, make the same mistakes, or how they can you know, enhance their process and maybe get results a little bit faster?
1: yeah i think if one can uh, maybe um uh, something which chris kind of mentioned when stuff became more formal uh, in the 90s you know let's let's use it as a as a point of departure let's talk about people process and technology so from uh, um chris touched a little bit on it um we're working with people so um you know uh, make makes systems makes enterprise service management relevant to people. Make it easy for them to consume um, and and have have uh, applications that is uh, intuitive, right? So, so include people in the process. It's 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 imperative. Um, uh, they're gonna they supporting your environment. If they're not going to use the technology, that would be kind of the first 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 thing to watch out for. Uh, process, by far the biggest killer for for this type of environment is. Over complex processes, uh, processes which is n- misaligned with your maturity of your organization, and one needs to understand where you want to get to uh, in, in in this journey. It, it is a journey, um, and then from a technology perspective, um, yeah, automation is great, but when you get automation wrong, um, you know it can it can really really bite and hurt yourself. Uh, something additional on the on the technology side. Um, uh, and we've seen a fair amount of this, and we've uh, personally, with some customers, been on journeys, made some of these these mistakes, having having your um, segregated environments during your development life cycles. Um, I think most organisations will immediately tell you that listen, uh, we've got our test, dev, and uh, ops environment, sure. but uh, uh, when it comes to the nitty gritty integration side of it, they it's very difficult to always have all those levels of integration. There's dev and in prod, um, a b- best way of doing it is to kind of follow route of typically it's called service virtualization to ensure that you actually don't connect to potentially wrong wrong environments.
0: Okay, you know it. It leads me to think about. Um, disruptive and emerging technologies. You know, this is such a hot topic at the moment. And I think, you know, it's developing at such a rapid rate and almost becoming already prolific in uh, so many aspects of our private lives as well as obviously in the business environment. What are some of the core trends that you're seeing around emerging technologies from uh, ESM and ITSM perspective that that you think are worth noting? So the problem is,
2: it would almost be problematic if you ignore the, the potential of AI. Um, the potential of AI coupled with machine learning. I mean, we are here today to speak about generative AI and the potential impact of that. Inherently, potentials that we are seeing you know, from a user experience, from a user adoption, um, as well as from uh, having a better view into data, better view into processes. AI could potentially be that game changer for organisations, showing them where data inefficiencies lie, highlighting where process inefficiencies lie, um, and just from a from a practical point of view, right? So having the ability to communicate in a system with, with your home language, right? And does not matter what anyone else down the value chain talks. You know what the language they speak, having the ability to automatically see that, having the ability for AI to assist you in driving, you know, doing problem analysis or maybe doing risk assessment, having a better understanding on that. I mean, we are talking about a mass amount of volumes of data that typically a human being cannot cannot read. I mean, if you go back into the 80s, right, a normal log file was at best 10, 20, 30 lines of 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 um, entries. Today, (laughs) it's millions of lines, you (laughs) cannot read that. So you need something to help you and I I really believe this is where AI will come to the fore and machine learning will enable us to identify potential anomalies so that we can understand what's happening quite quicker, much more efficient. This brings us into the world of automation. If you look at uh, digital business and where organizations are going, coupled with AI and machine learning, businesses um, that great um continue in a partnership or create partnerships, You know, we're talking about APIs, it becomes difficult understanding all of the different APIs, all the different syntaxes and all these things. AI can definitely have an effect on that. And and this is a a sub-level of automation. Then we're talking about orchestration, right? Going physically, having a system as part of a process record to fulfill something, going out and doing something. There are mass amounts of value hidden there and efficiencies. I mean, later on today, we're gonna speak about a, a, a customer that just by automating emails, the ingestion of emails saves 500 minutes a day in the production environment. Now, if you calculate that over a year on salaries and time wasted, it becomes very large numbers, what Devald likes to call the compounded effect. Devald?
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you, Chris. Um, uh, I I would like to talk about three uh, specific topics I'm gonna uh, kind of, because they're a bit intertwined, one typically being um, SaaS, we, I want to talk about um, you know uh, this code, low code, no code type of environments, and then you know this there's a big drive in the industry that we've got around citizen development. Mm. So um, getting back to SaaS, I think it's a nice, nice way for organisations to actually get back to why they started their organisations. Focus on your core business especially as it starts adopting AI and machine learning um, and automation, the infrastructure requirements for this type of stuff and scalability becomes an immediate uh, a potential stumble block as soon as you start to expand. Uh, running it in SaaS, and, and so, so most of these AI-type environments and larger platforms require a vast amount of different type of operating systems. We're talking about Kubernetes. Um, uh, it becomes really, really uh, complex. And if you kind of let the, uh, the, your your SaaS, uh partner take care of that for you, you, you kind of have got more focus on actually your core core business. Um, then uh, just uh, just to follow on, uh, kind of low code or no code type environments, um, these platforms are. It is truly something where you can pull your your uh, um, your employees and the business closer to focusing on getting the true value out of these uh, type, level of type uh, uh, platforms, enabling them to create workflow, creating business rules. because inherently, they understand the business best. So uh, this low-code, no-code type of environment, um, really, really a big uh, um, Uh, game-changer and then you know and this obviously then uh, supports the whole citizen development type of um, uh, drive currently in the industry because maybe you want to talk about um, uh, some of the platform views that uh, which 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 I think is a big value in Um, and yeah and we can maybe talk about some additional insights
2: thanks Devil yes so if you look at as Devil has said the codeless environment the citizen development environment a lot of, of these software vendors, and you can see this in the in the trends as well as from a customer community perspective, they are, they are asking for something more simple um, and at, they are asking for a holistic view, uh, something that has been in the in the market for a long time the, the term single pan of glass it 's still there. And you can see it from a software OEM point of view, a lot of the software vendors are currently looking at how do we collapse into a single platform and give that single capability to our customer base, but in a easy-to-consume, cost-effective way. Um, And you can see that everywhere. And here we talk specifically about a single single system of record, having insight, um, and this is also a trend, but it's a bit more having insight into my global operational environment, right? Organizations run hybrid clouds, right? And this includes my private cloud and my hypervisors on-premise and these of things. We need to manage that from a single point of view. We need to understand what the cost impact is. We need to understand what the resource impact is infrastructure-wise and human-wise. Asset management, right, organizations are looking at ways to be more cost effective. Promise, they don't know what assets they've got. They don't know how to depreciate that. They don't know where they are, even if they exist. So asset management's coming back quite a lot. If you look at, um, you know, organizations has got multitudes of data. So content management is coming into the fray. So we are starting to see from a platform view, this is an old term. Uh, I think it, it died off in, in the mid-2000s. I think it's coming back. My prediction. Uh, business service management is definitely what we are supporting from an enterprise point of view. Right, so, enterprise service management, but more business service management, isolating and focusing on where the real value is. This points, and all of this brings into the, into the view is in the old days, we called it reporting or KPI reporting. Um, it, it was relabeled business intelligence. Now it's again. Now it's something else. It's called insights, observability. It is having a view into your data that makes sense in a consolidated view, end to end. What happened, and tracking that transaction or the event or whatever happened from an end to end view and seeing exactly where you know where what played. This also starts talking to something that's called value streams, right? Where is the value? How do, we, how do we quantify what that value is? And how do we understand what is it that we need to do to actually achieve that real value? I think, yeah, I think that's the, the bigger trends currently we are seeing in the market. Now, all, all of these have got subtle nuances to them. Sure. But from a high level,
0: I think that's, you know, that's quite close. Okay. So just to kind of elaborate on that a little bit, you know, do you really feel that, that actionable, meaningful insights available at the right time is a reality, something that can be achieved and, and you know, is, is a, a definitive possibility? It's not a, a push too far and it's not something that one has to you know, over invest and, and is hugely uh, capital intensive. So, so I'll start, and
2: then I'm, I'm going to throw out under the bus. <laughs> 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 so I, I definitely do believe it, right? So, so if you look at you know, most of these systems still running on some sort of database, mm-hmm. right? And, and from a traditional point of view, we can still access that database. And, and, and we've got these days all sorts of new and wonderful ways how to visualize that data, the problem is the data volumes are getting so large. This is where we need machine learning to be able to un- help us understand what data is relevant. And then, you know, visually v- putting some sort of visualization against that, you know, that's a, it's a sort of a, a subtle thing that a subjective thing, something that you like and how you would like to see it. But I really believe that the way that data repositories are being starting to be utilized, the data, the way that data repositories are stored, and, and data transverses over the next network, definitely we can get insights to that. The problem is, it's again the old adage, right? Junk in, junk out. So if you don't have the right data, you're not gonna get the the value. And um, if you don't know what you wanna see, you're not gonna get the data either because what are you trying to to see? And I think um, the thing that Devald is very passionate about and I'm gonna hand over to him is having an objective, having a theme for the business because this will drive your insights. Devald, do you wanna talk a bit more about your theme thing? <laughs> theme thing you tell,
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah. I think uh, Chris, thank you for for uh, for kind of digging a bit into the um, into the technical landscape. How it can support it. Um, I I do believe, and, and really what it boils down to is to be able to report and to measure. So, uh, and I would like to take it with with all this technical uh, capability. Uh, which, you know, uh, I think can make stuff one for on the real. We just need to take a little bit, uh, a few steps back and start from business strategy and business objectives. All right. So, uh, and what uh, what we like to do with uh, with our customers and to ensure that you get that value uh, from a business objective uh, strategy, uh, following through right to the business, is to come up, uh, do your innovation, what you want to do in your business, tied to towards your strategy, and then I uh, would like to use the term by theming it so create themes in your uh, uh, that supports your um, uh, strategy and then hand those themes off to the your functional areas within inside your business and let them come up with uh, practicalities and tactical ways to align with this uh, 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 themes because you achieve in multiple things in it so one uh, the people on the ground you get real real time uh, practical tactical ways how to achieve those things, plus they, you immediately get to a point of uh, adoption and uh, we spoke about people processes and technologies and then uh, you'll start to simplify those processes so uh, if you take it back all the way from a uh, strategy, business strategy, and outcomes which you like and you use the underlying technology and to be able to report on it to be able to tie on it that is that is uh, definitely then makes your initial question, definitely possible. I think you, you've addressed a couple of
0: different issues there. You know, the big one being the tying up between IT uh, capability and possibilities and core business outcomes, which I think is always just such a relevant and, and again a topical theme that comes through uh, in this environment. And I, I was going to ask you for some of your your top hints and suggestions, but I think you've really covered that off in, in in what you, you've uh, kind of relayed and, and shared there. You know, so you know, I think. This is a, a, a hugely competitive environment, and it's uh, quite difficult to navigate for, you know, those organizations, as I say, that are either starting their ESM journey um, or looking at enhancing their existing environment. And what is it that you think from your organization's perspective is, is a key differentiator, and not necessarily a differentiator from anyone else, but something that you really take a lot of pride in and, and you know, I think is something that, that you do exceptionally well as, as Unlimited.
1: Yeah, um, Chris, you can you can add if uh, yeah, if you like. Uh, uh, first and foremost, um, you know we're not going to uh, we don't engage with with customers prescriptively. All right, so uh, everyone's aware of best practices and standards. Uh, we 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 prepare to walk the journey with you because this is a journey it is not and that's another big uh, misperception out in uh, some customers have is this is a, a quick fix it's not a quick fix it's a it's a way of working it's a way of life um, so we are from a unlimited perspective you know we're going to prepare to walk the journey with you. we have made mistakes uh, in 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 in, in, a, in in the past our customers have made mistakes and it's just that collective compounded effect of um, knowledge um, which we happily share and prepare to to uh, take the take the journey with our customers Chris can I add yeah I think you hit it on the head this one thing that I would like to add to that is
2: you know And and I think most of our customers can vouch for that. We like to partner with them. uh, um, Devilt and I say, you know, let Unlimited be your journey partner of choice. We like to be a partner, um, walk the walk walk with you, right? Show the value and and listen to you and have that understanding of what is it that you want to achieve. Um, We are really true believers in, um, you know, let, let, let us help you reach your digital potential. Because we really believe we, you can do you know quite a lot with enterprise service management supporting you, and I think you know um yeah, devil did it on that, and I think you know we like to journey with you um feel free to you know look us up, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's 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 what makes us unique is you know we walk the walk with you, um we will not run away, we're not scared of a challenge and devil loves to have challenges, he calls it opportunities, so you know yeah definitely.
0: So I think you know on that note it's a great point to kind of wrap things up and say let's not let the conversation end here. Uh, This is the final uh, episode in the series but let's look for for platforms and engagement where we can continue the conversation. Uh, I want to thank both of you for your time and for your input over the course of the entire series Um, and also thank our audience for allowing us the time to um, you know hear what we have to say, hear your insights and, and, and your views I'm quite confident that there's been value add um, and certainly from my perspective, I've learned a lot. Um, But we thank you for your time, your input, uh, and we want to wish you every uh, bit of luck on your uh, journeys forward. Um, And thank you both And and thanks everyone for being here today from the uh, Open Tech Summit. Thank you and goodbye.